It's time for Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the show focusing on fishing, hunting, outdoor recreation, destinations, and conservation in the region where you live and play. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lure Company, Sportsman's Warehouse, and Wallowa County. And now, let's see what's going on in the field and on the water with your host, John Cruz. The Outdoor Writers Association of America announced their Excellence in Craft Award winners this weekend, as did the Northwest Outdoor Writers Association, which released their list of winners at the end of April. Both organizations are comprised of outdoors media professionals. We're talking writers, photographers, videographers, as well as radio broadcasters and podcasters. I always enter these contests as a way of seeing how my work stacks up against the work of my peers, and this week, We'll be sharing three award-winning entries originally broadcast in 2021 that were awarded with Excellence in Craft Awards this year. The first interview received a second-place award from the Outdoor Writers Association of America in the audio category for fishing. It features George Crum. He's the editor of Fish Alaska Magazine and an EIC winner in his own right. The topic, do-it-yourself fishing trips in the last frontier. I think you're going to get some really good ideas out of this one. After that, Bob Loomis joins us for another Max Minute as we try to pin him down on the one lure he would use for Kokity if he had to choose just one lure. Expect some wiggling from Bob on this one. After all, they have dozens of different Kokity products, but I'm going to be doing my best to pin him down. From there, we'll take you to the Columbia River Gorge where Mark Zoller, the longtime owner of Zoller's Outdoor Odysseys, will tell you about the whitewater adventures he offers on the white salmon and Klickitat rivers, along with a whitewater rafting school where you can learn to be a guide or self-sufficient whitewater rafter. This was a great interview primarily thanks to Mark, and it also won a second-place Excellence in Craft Award from the Outdoor Writers Association of America in the Outdoor Fun category for broadcasters and podcasters. And then there's our conversation with Kalen Peterson. He caught a huge state record tiger trout last year while fishing off the dock of the family cabin at a little lake in northeast Washington. And we not only shared that interview on the air, but we also wrote about it in our syndicated weekly newspaper column, The Washington Outdoors Report, that's published in seven newspapers around central and eastern Washington, as well as in the Northwest Fishing Report's Real Life magazine. That article won second place in the category of fishing articles published in newspapers by the Northwest Outdoor Writers Association. And I figured you would rather hear from Kalen and get the story straight from the angler's mouth as opposed to me putting you to sleep reading verbatim from the column I wrote. OWAA and NOAA are both great organizations for anyone interested in becoming a member of the outdoors media, and they accept people that are just getting into this. In fact, they really encourage that. You can find out about these organizations through their Facebook pages or through their website. The website for the Northwest Outdoor Writers Association is noaoutdoors.com. That's N-O-W-A outdoors.com. As for the national organization, that is over 700 members strong, that would be the Outdoor Writers Association of America. Their website is owaa.org. That's owaa.org. On that note, let's get this show going by telling you about a place I've been to that is a true gem, combining luxury, great dining, wonderful views, and outdoor recreation. 
Sun Mountain Lodge, David Sparks with Sportsman Spotlight. Eric Christensen's Director of Marketing for Sun Mountain Lodge in Winthrop, Washington. And it sounds fabulous. They call it luxury on the edge of the wilderness. I mean, it is a beautiful lodge that is 112 rooms that's perched on a mountain, 360-degree views of the North Cascades, Patterson Lake, and they have a four-star restaurant, as well as a bar and grill. So it really offers sort of a high-end place to stay and play. They have cabins on Lake Patterson. So if you have a family of kids and want to get out and boat or drag around some pop gear and catch trout, there's all kinds of those things as well. There's ice fishing at uh, some of the lakes in Winthrop during the warmer weather. Other months, we get into the Metau River trout fishing. Uh, there's lots of lakes. Sun Mountain Lodge manages a pay-to-play lake called Moccasin Lake. It's difficult to get on because of the requirements they have. Basically, they allow six fishermen a day on the lake. You know, they do everything they can to keep the fish as healthy as possible. What kind of fish are in that lake? In Moccasin, they have rainbows, browns, cutthroat, and brook trout huge brook trout. They have aerators, fish feeders. I mean, it's a pay-to-play lake. I think it's $185 to fish it. Very limited access based on what they're trying to do up there, but it kind of ruins you. (laughs) I've fished it a couple times when they've had openings catching 30-inch, 10-pound rainbows. It's amazing. But there are lakes around there that are very abundant with mostly rainbows and cut bows, tiger trout. David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. The best place to reach a farmer with a farming solution message is when they're, well, farming. It's easy to find them during the day as most farmers are behind the wheel of their pickup truck or farm equipment with the radio on, listening to this station for the Ag Information Network of the West News. So reach real farmers right here, right now, as they listen to what's important to their farm operation. Give us a call and we'll connect you with our local farming community. They trust us, so they'll trust you. I fish lots of lakes, I fish them all year round No, I fish lots of lakes, everywhere I'm bound Can't say which lake's the best until I try all the rest Going fishing, fishing You're back in fishing. with Northwestern Outdoors Radio And for our next segment, we are going north to Alaska Now, if you listen to our other show, America Outdoors Radio You know we generally recommend going to Sportsman's Cove Lodge on Prince of Wales Island Because... It is truly Alaska's Best Lodge, and you can find out more about that place at alaskasbestlodge.com. However, you might want to do a do-it-yourself trip. Go ahead and explore Alaska on your own terms and on your own time frame. With us here to give you some ideas about places to go and how to do that is George Crum, the editor of Fish Alaska Magazine. George, it's great to have you back on the air. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So let's run through a few places that people might want to go that aren't necessarily going to break the bank and and that are accessible and doable for somebody who's never been to Alaska before. We'll start off with the Kenai Peninsula. I think that's where a lot of folks associate a DIY trip with. Yeah, the Kenai is very accessible. It's easy to do. You can fly into Anchorage 
get a rental car and you can be down on the Kenai Peninsula, depending on where you want to draw that line, in about 40 minutes to get down to the Kenai River. You're looking at about two hours from Anchorage, a little more than two hours if you're going down to the lower river. But it's easily doable and there's lots of options and you can fish the Kenai all summer long. So it's a good option. My recommendation, if you're going to do it, if you want to fish salmon, is to go uh, specifically sockeye salmon. I would go in July. And you can fish the Kenai from the bank in a lot of places. You can walk in in areas from clear down in Soldatna all the way up to near the Russian River. So there's plenty of access. If you go a little later in the year, say in September, late August, maybe October, the primary fishing is going to be for trout and perhaps silver salmon. And in that instance, my recommendation would be to take a small raft with you, like a watermaster, or do some investigation and see if you can rent a raft or a drift boat in the Soldatna area. And that'll allow you to float sections of the Kenai River to fish for trout. And the Kenai has a very good trout fishery, high density of fish, and some very big fish too. Is this something you should be looking at booking right now? And what are our options? Do you have to stay in a lodge or are there plenty of hotels and cabin rentals to choose from too? You know, we live in an interesting time, John. If you asked me this question 20 years ago, your options would be basically lodges and hotels, and there weren't many. Nowadays, we have something new called Airbnb, and yes, there are Airbnbs up in Alaska. Hotels obviously are established, and you can count on their cleanliness. I haven't stayed in that many Airbnbs myself, but they've got rules too, and I'm sure that they want everybody to stay healthy, so I would look at that option. You can get some place to stay in Anchorage. You can go down to Sterling. Uh, Soldatna is actually a growing area. My recommendation, no matter where you're thinking of staying, is to book as far in advance as you can. That gives you more choices as far as uh, what's left and more ability to pick and choose how far from the fishing area you want to be. So I would book early. Same thing for rental cars. Book as far in advance as possible. Let's talk about fishing some of Alaska's lakes because, uh, again, we've talked about this on our national show. There's a wide variety of lakes you can fish, and again, you just have to rent a car at the airport in Anchorage to get to them. Yeah, you're right. I, I tell you, John, after living in Alaska for a long time and fishing all over the state, one of the most underrated fisheries we have is a stillwater trout fishery in the Wasilla area just north of Anchorage. You fly into Anchorage, get your rental car, drive north to Wasilla. I have a specific place I'd recommend you stay because I think it's really cool. It's called the Trout House, also known as the Windbreak Cafe. It has a little bar and grill as well as a small hotel. It's affordable. Fish pictures all over the wall, fish mounts. And what's cool about the Wasilla area is there are approximately 85 lakes that are stocked by ADF&G with either rainbows, grayling, or arctic char, uh, and in some cases, landlock king or silver salmon. And there are 15 or so wild lakes. From Trout House, where you'd be staying, I'd say you have at least 50 lakes within a 35-minute drive that you could explore. I will add this. Alaska's lakes are typically bordered by swampy, muskeggy type stuff that's very difficult to move around in, if it's even possible. So you need to bring some sort of watercraft or rent some sort of watercraft. A float tube works great. When I fish with lakes out in that area, I primarily fish from a float tube. That sounds like a wonderful trip, and it sounds really affordable, too. Let's talk, though, about something that's a a little bit more adventurous and a little bit more off the grid. I understand your first step for this sort of trip, where you're spending five to ten days floating down a river, would be a trip to Kotzebue. 
I fished all over Alaska. I had one of my favorite trips that I've ever done. I've only done it once. As I flew up to Kotzebue, you can fly there on a 737 from Anchorage. And from there, I hopped in a little bush plane. The guy flew us north for 45 minutes or so, and we landed on a, a good-sized river called the Woolick, W-U-L-I-K. We camped and floated on the river for five or six days fishing specifically for Sea Run Dolly Varden. And there's a reason I wanted to go up to that neck of the woods. There are two strains of Dolly Varden in Alaska, a northern form and a southern form, and the northern form gets bigger. On that trip, I landed one fish that was 37 and a half inches long. Oh, my gosh. And these, these are fish that came in out of the ocean, and for the most part, they're still silvery. Uh, the ones that are going to spawn that particular year might be getting colored up. But most of the fish we caught were silvery. The average fish was about 23 inches, and it was a tremendously good time. We didn't see another person the entire time we were there. We saw one bear at a distance. It wasn't a factor for us. Good fishing, quiet, peaceful, big fish. Uh, I really want to do that trip again. Um, I'll tell you, this is not a cheap one because you got to fly all the way up to Kotzebue. Then you got to get in a bush plane and fly from there to, could be the Wula, could be the Kivalina, the Kelly, and then the Ektuk, the Coog. There's a whole bunch of rivers and tributaries up there that have these fish. So you'll want to talk to an outfitter, book the trip. I would recommend nearly a year in advance and take their recommendations on where to go. They may not be able to tell you for sure where to go until just before your trip because things change. And uh, some rivers fish good some years, some rivers fish good other years. And you may wonder, well, why is that? Well, Sea and Dolly Varden aren't exactly loyal to their natal stream. Oh. Typically, they will spawn in their natal stream, but they don't spawn every year. They do overwinter in rivers every year, but not always a stream that they were born in. They move around. So you want to keep that in mind. I never knew that. We've got about 30 seconds left for you to tell our listeners what's going to be in the next edition of Fish Alaska Magazine. Well, the next issue will be the March issue, and that's our annual gear review issue. So in there, you'll find our Editor's Choice Awards, New Gear, Retailer's Choice Awards, and a new category this year is our Fish Alaska 20th Anniversary Awards. You might consider those to be test of time awards because these are products that we've used usually for years and years and years that we feel deserve a little bit of extra recognition. All right. Well, look for the next edition of Fish Alaska Magazine at a newsstand near you or go online. What's the website where folks should go, George? www.fishalaskamagazine.com. That's fishalaskamagazine.com. Check out the March edition. Sounds like it's going to be a great one. George, thanks for sharing these wonderful do-it-yourself adventures in Alaska with our listeners on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Yep, thank you, John. Always a pleasure. This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at Cena Sea Seafoods. That's the company that delivers delicious, wild-caught Alaskan seafood right to your door. Everything from Copper River sockeye salmon to halibut to sablefish and even king crab legs. Better still, they are offering a 10% discount to our listeners. If you want to take advantage of that, go to SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com, and put in the promo code OUTDOORSRADIO. Once you do that, you get 10% off your entire order. The website again, SinaSea.com, and the promo code for 10% off, OUTDOORSRADIO.
Go fishing. Help salmon and make money. You can do it from May 1st through September 30th by catching northern pike minnow and turning them in for cash. Here's how it works. First, register at a designated station on the Columbia or Snake River. Then, go fishing. At the end of the day, turn in any pike minnow you catch 9 inches or longer and look for the ones with tags worth 500 bucks. You'll get vouchers for those pike minnow you turn in, and you mail those in for cash. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. From a bull elk ripping a bugle across the valley to wing beats on a duck marsh, public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. with more of the great outdoors on Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. You know what time it is? It's time for another Max Minute brought to you every week by Max Lure. And once again, the topic is kokanee salmon, that landlocked sockeye that everybody loves to catch because it's so darn delicious. With us here again, Bob Loomis with Max Lure. Bob, welcome back. Thank you, John. Last week, we talked about using the Double D Dodger, trolling fairly slow for these fish at this time of year. This week, I want to talk about a specific lure or two to use behind that Dodger. I want to know the length of leader and what kind of lure you recommend, and especially what color. Well, <laughs> every lake is going to be different when you come no, down to No, they're color. all the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, colors uh, are really determined on water clarity, water temperature, time of year, you know, a lot of things going to... to well, hold on, hold on. You know... I know you're trying to sell lures here. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if there was just one lure, one color that worked for everything? You would be out of business, but it sure would be nice no, if you would I'd, share I'd, that I'd, information. No, I would make that one lure. No, honestly, one of my number one go-tos, absolute number one go-to in any lake that I go to, whether it's Flaming Gorge, whether it's Lake Wallawa, Odell, I, you know, pick one that I've fished up in BC, you know, any lake, number one go-to. Tell me. The... Cha-Cha 1.5-inch squitter in hot orange. Well, there you go. You gave it up. What color blade? It's silver. Silver yeah. smile blade. Yeah. 1.1 inch. No, it's actually the 0. 0.8. 0. 0.8. Yeah. And uh, the hoochie again? It's the hot orange. Okay. Well, we got him to cough it up. There you go, folks. You'll never have to buy another kokanee lure again, except for, one more time, the name of this one. This is the uh, Cha-Cha 1.5-inch kokanee hoochie. There you go. The Cha-Cha 1.5-inch Kokanee Hoochie in hot orange from Max Lure. Buy a bunch today. Looking for that extra something that will get more salmon or trout into your boat? Then check out the Double D Dodger from Max Lure. The Double D does double duty and helps you catch more fish. The Double D's flash attracts lunkers and the Dodger's patented stop-start action works wonders to get those fish biting. The Double D does even more by acting as a side planer to get your bait away from the boat where the fish are more likely to be and more apt to strike. The Double D Dodger, it's the Dodger you've got to have from Max Lure. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. Nature at its finest. 
That's what you'll find in Northeast Oregon's Wallowa County. Paddle a kayak or go fishing at Wallowa Lake. Hike into the Eagle Cap Wilderness or soak in the views after taking the tram to the top of Mount Howard. Then take time to explore the towns of Joseph and Enterprise. No matter how you take in this country, you're sure to enjoy it. That's the beauty of Wallowa County, and that's why we're home to one of Oregon's seven wonders. Find out more at WallowaCountyChamber.com. You're back with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz, and we are taking you on some water-based adventures for 2021. One of them that you can enjoy is found in the beautiful Columbia River Gorge, specifically on the White Salmon and Klickitat Rivers. The person that wants to take you whitewater rafting there is Mark Zoller. He is the owner of Zoller's Outdoor Odysseys. Mark, it is great to have you back on the air. Uh, thank you for having me back, John. It's been too long, by the way. What is it, 10, 12 years ago? Well, we've talked on the air since then, but the last time I went rafting with you was about 10, 12 years ago, and, and I have uh, an embarrassing admission to make to everybody out there. The one thing you never want to do as a client when you're whitewater rafting is lose your paddle, but when we went over a waterfall, I lost my paddle, and you never saw it again, and I'm really sorry about that. Yes, you still owe me twenty two fifty plus shipping. <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of that one of these days, I promise. Now, there's been a lot of changes on the White Salmon River since I went rafting with you. First and foremost, a dam that used to be there is no longer there. What does that mean for your rafting trips? Yeah, with the removal of Condent Dam, the White Salmon River is now 100% free-flowing river. And in all my growing up, you know, in I always knew Northwestern Lake Reservoir, the big reservoir we floated into at the end of the rafting trips, the places where I wanted to go for an ice-cold swim, the places where I fished for trout. Well, Condent Dam is gone, so that extends our whitewater rafting offerings on the lower end of the river. We call it the lower gorge of the white salmon. All right, so let's talk about the specific trips you offer on the White Salmon River and, and what rafters are going to enjoy. And first and foremost, uh, let's talk about what's required. Is there a certain age, certain fitness level, certain experience level, or can basically anybody go on these trips? Yeah, the beauty of the White Salmon River is twofold. One, that it's always fun whitewater because it's a tight constriction canyon. It has glacier feeds and spring feeds, plenty of water all summer long. So that's reason number one, it's so much fun. But number two is that there's multiple sections you can raft with different difficulty levels. So if you've got mom and pops and the grandkids and you want to come have a good, splashy, great time, We've got the perfect run for you. If you're looking for the extended longer trip, the White Salmon River can provide it. If you're looking for super high adventure, the White Salmon River has it. And it's not a large section of water. We're talking the rafting section is right about 20 miles long. But within that 20 miles, there's a little bit different offering for everyone. So we take kids, and this is on the young side, John, as young as six and seven on right. the middle gorge of the White Salmon River. Uh, no experience is necessary. Uh, you just need to pay attention. If we tell you to forward paddle, forward paddle. If we tell you to hang on, you should hang on. And for those youngsters, you know, we don't expect them to be any influence in the paddling. They might have a paddle in their hand and they're trying to keep pace. Reality is they're not making the raft go anywhere. They're just having the experience. And in fact, if kids or even some adults just want to hang on, they can do that. 
And hang on to your paddle, too, folks. So, yeah, good tip. So uh, Class 4 rapids are where you can find on the white salmon, except for one Class 5 waterfall. Now, what was it? Is it Hewsome Falls? And, yeah, Hewsome Falls. And it's, it's, and it's 500, Falls, it's big, 500 foot it's, drop, as I recall, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it feels <laughs> like it. Uh, Hewsome Falls is the highest commercially run waterfall in the United States, and it is the midway point of most of our trips. It's the finish line for one of them. Every one of our trips gets the option of Houston Falls. And now you heard that word, John, option. You remember when you were here, not yes. everybody ran the waterfall because not everybody wants that big of an adventure. So uh, I always encourage people when they're seeking out their fun, when you read about Houston Falls and the big drop, don't think you have to do it. A lot of people walk around and they cheer for the people that are going to go over. Right. And then a lot of folks want to go over and we do some special practicing to get them tucked into that raft just right and they can take the big plunge. And, and, and John, it's kind of like NASCAR when we're out there. The people that didn't run the waterfall are all cheering for their raft to do well, but they are hoping for one wipeout during the day. <laughs> now, the falls, it isn't 500 feet. As I recall, what is it, 12, 14 feet? Yeah, it's, it's about 14 feet from the high point to the low point, but it's a little bit cascading. So the sheer vertical plunge when you're kind of free falling is right about nine feet. Well, I'll tell you what, that was the most exciting whitewater moment I ever had in my life. And yes, folks, that is exactly where I lost that paddle, which I still owe Mark $22.50 for. Let's uh, let's talk about the Klickitat River. Most people, when they think of the Klickitat, they think steelhead and trout fishing, but there's some good Class three rafting, too. There is, and the, the Klickitat River hosts an abundance of fish, but it also hosts an abundance of whitewater. The difference between the Klickitat and white salmon is the amount of volume that is sustained through the summer. So the Klickitat River dwindles in volume so much that we can't run it, you know, July and August. It's just too little water. Right. But for the springtime and into June, it is just a whitewater miracle. And, and I guarantee you, if it had water all summer long, it would be the most popular river in the state of Washington. It's that much fun, and it's that beautiful because it's, it's got three layers of basalt coming through it from the lava flows, and you can see them distinctly in the canyon. And that gives us these, these headwalls that go oh, 150, 200 feet straight up out of the side of the river. There's like three or four of these magnificent headwalls coming up. We even see mountain goats on this trip from time to time. Wow. It is Absolutely stunning on the Klickitat River. Oh, I love the Click, and I love I love the oak tree savannas and wild turkey. Yep. You're going to probably see those too. Where do you launch? Do you launch in Klickitat and go downstream from there? Not in the town of Klickitat. No, we are boy, a good thirty miles upstream. Okay. The nearest town will be the town of Glenwood. Gotcha. And so we pull out of Glenwood, go on a dirt road for a while, and we launch our rafts just downstream of the uh, the Yakima Nation, and then do a a 21-mile float down the river. One other thing that you offer, at least I saw on your website, that I was very curious about, you actually offer a guide school for aspiring whitewater rafting guides, but I understand it's not just rafting guides that go to the school. It's not. It's more of a river enthusiast school. Now, the uh, whitewater schools, if you, if you look across the nation, you hear outfitters such as myself say, come to our raft guide school, and if you do really good, we'll give you a job. Right. Pay me $700, and, and you might get a job. I never wanted to do whitewater schools because of that. 
I don't need to find employees that way. We get our employees other ways. But my guides, specifically Ryan, kept saying, come on, Mark, let's start a whitewater school. And I said, I will only do it if it's not about employment. It's got about enthusiasts taking it to the next level. And we've been doing this now for about 10 years or so. And it is amazing because we get exactly those type of people. They're mostly repeat customers who want to take it to the next level. They want to learn what it is to captain that raft. They want to understand some of the safety principles of what to look for to keep yourself out of trouble. They want to experience flipping a raft upside down on purpose and then getting it flipped right side up. And the cross-section of Americans that we have that come into this school is absolutely amazing. Everything, I remember once we had a chief of staff for one of our U.S. senators. Oh, wow. um, another time we had a prosecuting attorney, a wine salesman, just this mix of everyone joins in and different people, but with one common love, and that's going to be on the water and learn something new. I love it. So bottom line is this, folks, whether you want to up your river rafting game if you want to get more experience so you can handle the oars yourself or if you just want to enjoy some fun trips on the white salmon or the clickitat the website to go to is zooraft.com that's zooraft.com for zoller's outdoor odysseys offering rafting trips in the columbia river gorge one of the most beautiful places on earth mark thanks for sharing this with us and i hope you have a great summer thank you john take care Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is the voice for your public lands, waters, and wildlife. From the Canadian Yukon to the Florida Everglades, we're stepping up to conserve North America's public lands, defend our hunting and fishing traditions, and expand access to the outdoors. Find out how you can get involved at backcountryhunters.org. Next up on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got a real treat for you. We've got Kaylin Peterson on the line. Now, Kaylin went fishing June 26th out at Loon Lake. That's about 45 minutes north of Spokane if you're driving that way. And he reeled in a tiger trout, a really, really big tiger trout that weighed just under 24 and a half pounds and looks to be not only the new Washington State record tiger trout, but a new world record as well. Kalen, congratulations and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, John. So before we talk about this fish, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from and, and what kind of a fisherman you are. Uh, you know, I grew up in uh, Spokane, mainly Mead, just north of Spokane and Colbert. And I've been fishing Loon Lake for pretty much my whole life ever since I was a little kid. And, you know, just happened to get lucky and 
catch one of the biggest ones ever on record, supposedly. So I'm doing the paperwork on that, and uh, hopefully we we can uh, turn everything in correctly and get that submitted soon and make it official. So is Loon Lake your favorite lake to fish? Is this your home water, so to speak? Yes, sir, it actually is. I fish it pretty much, I wouldn't say every weekend throughout the summer, but I definitely fish it at least every two weeks, if not every week throughout the summer. And it's just one of those lakes where I tend to go to, and uh, there's a lot of big fish in there, and it's a great place to fish. Well, it is a great place to fish. It's known as a good kokanee lake, and I know that a previous state record lake trout was taken out of there, too. I had no idea that tiger trout were even in Loon Lake. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been in there for quite a few years. I'm not exactly sure when they first released them in there, but I've been catching them out of there for years, and uh, I've caught quite a few over 12 pounds, which are pretty good-sized fish. Oh, those are really good-sized fish. Now, folks, if, if you're not aware of what a tiger trout is, that's okay. When it comes to Washington State, they really haven't been around that long. We're talking about 20 years or so, as I recall. And it's a cross between a brook trout, which is actually a char, and a brown trout. And this crossed fish is a sterile hybrid, and they actually had the markings on them that it kind of looks like a tiger. And so the tiger trout grows really fast. In this case, grew really, really, really big. Let's talk a little bit about what you did on this day. So it's June 26. You're out at your favorite lake. Were you in a boat? I mean, go ahead and walk us through the day. Walk us through the catch. You know, to be perfectly honest, I caught it off my folks' dock at the lake cabin out there that they have. And I woke up early. It was about, I don't know, 6.30 in the morning or so. And my daughter was waking me up, so I had to I have to give her credit for it. She wakes <laughs> me up, and she's like, Dad, we should go fishing. So I'm like, okay. And uh, I just throw a line off the end of the dock, and I don't know, probably 15 minutes later, I hook into this thing, and I set the hook, and I realized, you know, this is, it feels like something pretty good on here, so... I uh, reeled down to let her, you know, have it again and set the hook even better the second time. And honestly, it was it was nothing. And so I, I reeled down and uh, started reeling as fast as I could, and it was swimming towards me. And as soon as it turned the second time, I felt it turn, and I, I pulled back on it. And, man, that thing took off and just started pulling drag like you wouldn't believe. And so that's when I... Uh, <laughs> started yelling for my wife to maybe get the keys to the little sea do because I honestly thought I was going to run out of line before the thing stopped because I didn't have a clue what was on there, but I knew it was something big. It eventually stopped and turned around, and I uh, reeled it in and got it in and netted that thing, and then I took it over to shore, and to be perfectly honest, I tried to release the thing, and I was thinking, if I could release this thing, I'm I'm pretty sure that if I catch this thing again next year, it's bound to be some kind of a record because this thing's huge. <laughs> and uh, about that time, my, my mom and one of the neighbor guys came out and said, they both said, hey, I think the record's about 18 pounds on those. And I'm like, really? <laughs> well, this thing's got to be over 18 pounds, so, and it's bleeding like a son of a gun. So, well, I guess I'll, I'll keep her and see what we got going here. So wow. I, uh, I drove it into Deer Park and... The good old boys at Eggers and Deer Park weighed her up for me and certified it. And by God, it's uh, going for the world record. And folks, in case you're wondering, the previous state record was uh, an 18-plus pounder caught at Bonaparte Lake, I think just a couple of years ago. And the world record has stood since 1978. It was uh, 
fish that was close to 21 pounds that was caught out of Lake Michigan. So I've got to ask you, Kalen, because I know a lot of people are going to ask you, what were you using in terms of either a lure or bait? You know, I threw a big old night crawler on there. And I think, honestly, the trick to catching those things is the time of day, they tend to bite only first thing in the morning and right before sunset. And the other thing is uh, using no weight. I mean, just a single hook with a big old night crawler and throw it out there and let it sink to the bottom just as slow as it can. And that's, that's honestly the way to catch them. All right, so I'm going to help you out here because there's some companies that are going to probably want endorsements from you here or something. What was the rod you were using? What was the reel you were using? And what pound test line? And if you know the brand, what was that? It was an older ugly stick pole with an Okuma reel. And I couldn't tell you the brand of the line or even the pound test. It's been on there for a few years, and I just I don't remember what the, the brand or even how much pound test it is. Well, it was enough to get that fish in. That is absolutely amazing. And if anybody from Shakespeare or Akuma is listening today, get a hold of me. I'll give you Kalen's information so you can contact them and, yeah, I, and work something out here. I appreciate that. Been having some crazy hot weather here in Spokane, and. I tell you what, I was thankful to get a hold of a Yeti cooler because I went to a couple different gas stations and was having a hard time getting ice at the time. And I put that thing in the Yeti cooler and had the same ice on it from Saturday afternoon until Monday when I turned it into the Washington Department of Fish and Game to have them inspect it. And I was thankful to have a good cooler for sure, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I actually talked to some folks from the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. I think they were almost as excited as you were to see this fish. That is just <laughs> an incredible, incredible trout. Again, folks, not just a state record, but a potential world record. He's got to submit the paperwork for that. But Kalen Peterson has caught a fish that weighs just under 24 and a half pounds, a tiger trout that is the new Washington state record, likely to be the new world record as well as since he submits the paperwork absolutely incredible caught just with a night crawler just with a night crawler that's all it took so kaylin gotta ask are you going to mount this i presume and, and where is it going to reside in your house or somewhere else you know i was going to wait for some comments from all the people who are interested in it and see what they think about where i should put it because i i really don't know but uh, i did drop it off at the taxidermists and i'm just extremely thankful for the opportunity to catch something like that you know it doesn't happen every day and i really don't know where i'm going to put it but I, it is being mounted and it, and it will be uh, the real skin mount not a reproduction and so extremely happy and excited to get that thing back I think it's just wonderful. I love hearing this story. And, you know, hopefully it's going to reside in your home for at least a couple of years. But I'm sure there are some places that would love to have it on display. The, the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame comes to mind. You know, Johnny Morris's place out at Springfield, Missouri, which is this huge museum that's dedicated to fishing and, and a whole bunch of other places, too. Again, folks, this is a world record. This is the fish, not just of a lifetime, but of generations of lifetimes here. So, Kalen congratulations again just love the story how you caught this out of your your favorite lake just fishing off the dock it doesn't get better than that and thank you so much for sharing this story today with us on northwestern outdoors radio absolutely thanks for having me i sure appreciate it and it was good talking at you john and hopefully we'll chat again sometime soon oh next world record i'll give you another call okay sounds fantastic <laughs> Thank you.
Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Warehouse. Better still, the knowledgeable staff can help you with tips and in-store seminars, all designed to help you bag a trophy or a limit. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. Go fishing. Help salmon and make money. You can do it from May 1st through September 30th by catching northern pike minnow and turning them in for cash. Here's how it works. First, register at a designated station on the Columbia or Snake River. Then, go fishing. At the end of the day, turn in any pike minnow you catch 9 inches or longer and look for the ones with tags worth 500 bucks. You'll get vouchers for those pike minnow you turn in, and you mail those in for cash. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Come to Oregon's Wallowa County for outdoors adventure. Hike, ride, paddle, fish, or sightsee to your heart's content. And then visit one of our wonderful towns, whether it be Joseph with its beautiful bronze statues, our county seat in Enterprise, or one of our charming small towns like Wallowa, Imnaha, or Troy, where you can eat, shop, and sleep before continuing your adventure the next day. Plan your visit now at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. We've got time for one more shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. Memorial Day weekend and the unofficial opening of camping season is just a week away. And if you are looking for camping equipment, you really need to head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse store. You're going to find everything you need there. We're talking about tents. We're talking about chairs to lounge around in. We're talking propane stoves. We're talking coolers, lanterns, and so much more. You'll find it all at America's premier outfitter, Sportsman's Warehouse. And now... It's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week and your chance to win a $25 gift card. Here it is. It's all about rattlesnakes. Yes, we don't like to run across those, but it seems like I've been running into a lot more lately when I go hiking. You'll find the western rattlesnake in Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. But not in Montana or northwest Wyoming. Nope, there's another species of rattlesnake found there. It's not the western rattlesnake. It is something else. Do you know what species it is? If you do, you know what to do. Go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Like and follow the page. If you haven't already, then go to the post thread where we have the question and give us your answer there. If you don't do Facebook, that's quite all right. I really do understand. Just go to our website at northwesternoutdoors.com and shoot us an email and let us know the species of rattlesnake you'll find in Montana and northwest Wyoming. It's different than the species you find in the Pacific Northwest. One lucky person that guesses right will win that $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse. We've got two more stories for you today that shows things really are getting back to normal as we emerge from the COVID pandemic. The Whale Watch Center, operated by Oregon State Parks at Depot Bay, is once again open to the public after a two-plus-year COVID closure. We are at the tail end of the gray whale migration, but you've still got a chance to see a few here, and the center itself offers a great place to view them and get out of the weather if it's rainy or stormy. The Whale Watch Center is open Thursday through Sunday from noon to 4 p.m., limited hours there. The outside viewing deck, though, is open seven days a week. 
Another place that is open for business in Oregon is the Wallawa Lake Tramway in Northeast Oregon near Joseph. It opens this weekend and starting next Saturday, it will be open seven days a week through the summer. If you haven't taken the gondola ride on a clear day to the top of Mount Howard, you are missing out. This is a bucket list experience. The views are unintended top of the world views and you can see into three states from here while taking in the beauty of Wallawa Lake and the surrounding Wallawa Mountains. Be sure to enjoy a meal and a drink at the Summit Grill while you're there and hike the trails at the summit of the mountain too. Trust me, you will love this experience. You can find out more about it and make your reservations today at WallawaLakeTramway.com. That's WallawaLakeTramway.com. And with that, it is time to go, but I hope the week ahead is a good one for you and that Memorial Day weekend will be a wonderful one for you too and that you get a chance to get outside and enjoy all that Mother Nature has to offer. Until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors. Outdoors.